I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, Amen. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. I thank you for this wonderful time in your presence. God, we seek to honor you, to bless you, to glorify you. We love you, Lord, with all our hearts. And today, Lord God, as we gather around your word, Father, we ask that you would speak to us clearly. God, this morning I ask that you would wear me like a glove. That, Father, you'd be the substance of what is said. That every person here will hear your voice beyond my own, Lord God, in the deep recesses of their hearts. That, Father, we would leave here different than we came. We promise to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone say... Amen, amen. Come on, just put your hands together and bless God as you grab your seats this morning. I'm excited because today I get to continue this series on worship. Worship. Pastor began this series two weeks ago. And if you remember that first week, she taught us about the acts of worship. Lifting hands and bowing our knees and laying out before the Lord and shouting. And then last week, she taught us about the sacrifice of worship. About sacrificing, it's our, our bodies, our finances, sacrificing our time. That, that God looks for a sacrifice. And today, I want to speak to us about the purpose of worship. Somebody said the purpose of worship. Our perception of the purpose of something will determine how we use it. The, our perception of the purpose of something will determine how we use it. For example, if we think that worship is the warm-up act for the Word, uh, then we don't mind coming late for church. Because we treat it kind of like um, the previews before the movie. You know, the other day, my wife and I went to see The Incredibles, part two. And my wife was running late. And I said, honey, we need to hurry. And she said, babe, we're only missing. (laughs) Sometimes that's how we treat worship in a church. We're only missing the previews because we don't understand the purpose of worship. Um, if we think worship is a church activity, then we won't do it at home because we don't understand the purpose of worship. So, understanding the purpose of worship is critical to how we approach it. Uh, God is a God of purpose. That means God always has a purpose for everything He does. 
that God never does anything haphazardly. He never does anything by accident or by mistake. That He always has a purpose for everything He does. That means everything that God makes has purpose in it. Everything God makes has purpose. Everything that God makes. Cockroaches have purpose. Come on now. I heard about a lady who decided that she wanted to get rid of all the cockroaches in her house. And so she got the exterminator and they got rid of cockroaches. And for months she would just keep getting them back. And all of a sudden, one day she realized that the wood in her house was starting to get some little holes. And so she called the exterminator and said, hey, what is that? They said, well, those are some little insects that are eating through your wood. She said, well, how did they get there? Well, because you got rid of the cockroaches. The cockroaches eat the insects that eat the wood. So if you left the cockroaches, the insects would have been gone. How many of you understand that everything God makes has a purpose? (laughs) I want the cockroaches. And you know what? Praise the Lord. Here's the thing. Where purpose is unknown... Abuse is inevitable. If you don't understand the purpose of something, you're going to abuse it. You're going to misuse it. You're going to create, it's going to be a problem. And so when we are talking about worship, we need to understand in uh, the purpose of a thing in order to maximize the potential of the thing. And that's why we need to understand the purpose of worship. Are you following me? Uh, so the first thing I want to tell you about the purpose of worship is... First of all, God doesn't need our worship. God doesn't need our worship. Uh, Bible says, Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 25 says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is He served by human hands, as though He needed anything. Someone say, God doesn't need anything. God doesn't need your worship. God doesn't need you to tell Him He's great. He knew He was great before you were born. God doesn't need you to tell Him He's powerful. God was powerful before you were born. You understand, God doesn't need you to say, Oh God, you are awesome. It's not that God is having a bad day and needs a compliment from you. The psalmist said it even more succinctly. Here's what the psalmist said, Psalm chapter 50. He says, "Uh, you know what, I don't have any problems with you bringing your sacrifices or your burnt offerings. The ones that you constantly offer. I don't have any problems with you worshipping. I don't have any problems with you lifting up praise. I don't have any... You see, in those days, they brought burnt offerings as an act of worship. He says, I don't have a problem with that. here's, Here's what I want you to understand though. I don't need it. But I don't need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pants. For all the animals of the forest are mine. Do you realize God doesn't need us to sing to Him? Because right now, as we sit here, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of angels singing to God right now. 
All creation is shouting His glory. The, the trees of the field, the mountains, the, the stars in the sky, the fish of the sea, the animals on the land, they're all blessing God. They're all worshiping. In fact, Jesus said one time, some Pharisees said to Him, would you stop these children from praising you? He says, man, even if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out to me. It's not as if I lack a place of worship. Worship is happening all the time with God. In fact, the word God is not a name. God is a position. It's a description. The word God means all or self-existing one. Self-existing one. Or it also means self-sufficient one. What does that mean? It means that God existed by Himself before anything else existed and needs nothing to exist and there is nothing that can make Him more God than He already is. That He is of Himself enough for Himself and needs nothing added in order for Him to get better. God has no potential. God is as good as God can get. (laughs) There's nothing more to add to Him. He is self-sufficient and self-existing. So every time we say God, what we're saying is, you don't need me. God, I love you. You don't need me, but I love you. Are you with me? Every time we say the word God, we're saying, you by yourself are enough for yourself and you don't need me, you don't need anything from me, including my worship. This is critical to understanding the purpose of worship. Because if we don't understand the purpose of worship, we may use worship to mean one thing when that's not the purpose of why we have it. Amen. Mm. So Jesus' praise doesn't benefit God. Praise doesn't benefit God. But God told us to worship Him. Right? Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said to Satan, Satan was tempting Him. And He said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. So why would God tell us to worship if worship doesn't benefit Him? Why would God tell us to worship if He doesn't need worship? Why would God tell us to worship if He, at the end of the day, is not the one who benefits in terms of our worship? Because the truth is, worship is not for Him. Worship benefits us. And to understand how worship benefits us, we need to go back to the beginning. And so, God doesn't need our worship. But here's what we understand from Genesis chapter 1. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 1. What we understand from Genesis chapter 1 is that we need His presence. 
We need His presence. So Genesis chapter 1 is the story of the, the beginning of the earth. And God created the heavens and the earth. And throughout the chapter 1, God said and things were created. So in verse 3, God said, there was, uh, let there be light and there was light. And in verse 6, God said and it was created. And in, in verse 9, God said and it was created. And in verse 11, God said... And it was created. And in verse 14, God said, and it was created. And in verse 17, God said, and it was created. In verse 20, God said, and it was created. In verse 23, God said, and it was created. And in verse 26, God said, and it was created. So how did God create things? He said. He spoke. And when God spoke, things were created. When God spoke, things were created. But God didn't just speak. Remember, God is a God of purpose. So when God speaks, He doesn't just speak arbitrarily. God spoke and He directed His voice to something. Every time God spoke, He spoke to something in order to create the thing He was trying to create. And so God spoke, in, for example, in verse 11, He spoke to the earth. He spoke to dirt. And he said, let there be plants. And plants started to come up. And trees started to come up. And flowers started to come up. And everything started to come up out of the soil. And as it came up, God said it was good. And when trees die and when plants die and when all that die, it goes back and it dies and it starts to disintegrate and it becomes dirt. It becomes dirt. Out of dirt it came, out of dirt, to dirt it returns. So everything God speaks to, it came out. And He spoke to the, the, the universe. And God spoke and He said to the universe, Let there be lights, stars, stars, all over. And all these stars were there. And, and the universe, universe made up of gases, right? And what's a star? All a star is, is really gas coming together. And burning. And he spoke to the waters, and he spoke to the waters, and fish. He said, let there be fish, let there be fish, and sea creatures, and all, and all these fish started to swim. And when a star dies, it becomes gas. It just dissipates. A fish dies, it just returns to the sea. That's all it does. And so that plant is really dirt. That star is gas. When God spoke to the thing... It produced what he was creating. But what's powerful about this, and sometimes we may not have noticed that, but whenever God speaks to bring forth something, the thing he speaks to provides the material and the environment for the success of the thing. I'm going to say that again. When God speaks to something, it provides the material and the environment for the success of the thing. When God speaks to something, it provides the material and the environment for the success of the thing. If you watch the way God created everything on earth, He always created the environment first, then created the thing to live in the environment. Y'all follow this. Follow me. He always created the environment first. And then created the thing to live in the environment. He didn't create fish and then try to figure out where to put fish. He already had the environment created and then he put fish in the environment that was already created. 
He didn't create plants and then try to figure out what to do with them. He already created the environment that was necessary for plants to succeed. Are you following me? And so it is what God does whenever He's creating something is He creates an environment and then places the thing in the environment so that the thing can be successful. Let me just jump on this for a side note. Before you were born, and this is just personal, this is not Genesis chapter 1, but I'm trying to bring a point and a principle to you. Before you were born, God already placed everything on earth necessary for your success. You didn't show up and God said, what am I going to do with them now? God has everything on earth already here before you got here for your success. And so it was in Genesis chapter 1. God created the environment first. Then He created the thing. And so, everything in life was created to function within a specific environment. And that environment is based on what God spoke to. Everything in life is created to function within a specific environment. And that environment is based on what God spoke to. So when God wanted plants, He spoke to the dirt. That's the environment. When God wanted fish, he spoke to the water. That was the environment. When God wanted stars, he spoke to the heavens, the outer space. That was the environment. When God wanted us, he spoke to himself. That is the environment. That is the environment. You see... God said, verse 26 of chapter 1, He said this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. He spoke to Himself. And out of Himself, He produced man. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. When God spoke to dirt, it produced plants. Plants are dirt. When God spoke, wanted stars, He spoke to the gases, to the universe filled with gases, Stars are gases. Listen, plants don't have dirt. Plants are dirt. (laughs) Stars don't have gas. Stars are gas. So when God spoke to Himself, we have to ask ourselves, what is God? Jesus said this, for God, he's speaking to to the woman at the well. He says, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't have a spirit. We are a spirit. You don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. Who you are is spirit. It's critical for you to understand that who you are is spirit. Therefore, there is an environment that spirits live in. <laughs> and just as fish can't function to their full capacity without the environment of water, and just as plants can't function to its full potential outside of soil, So it is, you and I can't fulfill our potential outside of the environment of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Come on, clap your hands if you understand what I'm saying. We can't function fully without the presence of the Lord. We can't function fully without Him being, us being in the environment of His presence. There is something about His presence that will cause us to live in ways that we cannot live outside of it. And just like a fish out of water may look like it's having a good time. It may look like it's happy and it's full of joy. But if you know well enough, soon enough, that fish is going to die because it's not in the environment it was created to live in. So Genesis chapter 3 comes along and man sins. And when man sins, the Bible says God told him, Hey, in the day that you sin, you shall surely die. And when he sins, the Lord creates, put an angel outside of the garden of Egypt and um, Eden and expelled man from Eden. And a lot of times we think that this is all about Eden and this physical location. No, no, here's what happened. Man was expelled from the presence of God. He was expelled from the environment that would cause him to live. Therefore, he died. Why would God do that? Because God is holy. And because he is holy, he cannot tolerate or accept sin in his presence. And so from Genesis chapter 3, throughout the rest of the Bible, the whole point of the rest of the Bible from Genesis chapter 3 on, is God's effort to get man back in His presence. Oh, come on now. I want you to, if you can see the Bible through these lens, everything He was doing since then was setting up a plan which He had already put in place before the foundation of the world in order to get sinful man back in the presence of a holy God. And so he sends Jesus. And Jesus dies for our sins. And his blood covers our sins so that we can re-enter the environment that God created us to live in in the first place. Hmm. Uh, Listen to this. This is Hebrews chapter 10. It says this, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter... The holiest, the holiest, you know what the holiest is? His presence. Having boldness, therefore brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the what? The blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that covers our sins in order for us to enter the presence of God. Therefore, 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 salvation through Jesus is the only way we can return to God's presence. You cannot return to God's presence without the blood. So, now that we know we have access to His presence, how do we get there? And this is the point of today's message right here. All of that was to get to this point. Hallelujah. (laughs) So the first thing that we learned is what? God doesn't need our worship. Number two, we need His presence. Number three, worship is our pathway to His presence. 
Worship is our pathway to His presence. Uh, Psalm 100 verse 4 says this, Enter into His gates with what? Thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. Worship is God's gift to us to bring His presence to us. I want you to understand this. Worship is God's gift to restore His presence to us. Worship is God's gift to restore His presence to us. We need His presence. He says, worship is my gift to you in order for my presence to be manifested in your life. This is powerful right here. This is powerful. Here's what uh, the psalmist said. The psalmist said in Psalm 22 verse 3, he says, But you are holy, O you who inhabits the praises of Israel. In other words, he's saying, look, God, I recognize that you don't dwell in tents, you dwell in worship. When I lift up praise, you're attracted to that moment, to that place, to that point. When I glorify you, you go, I'm coming right there. When I lift you up, when I pray, when I worship, when I exalt you, when I say, God, there is none like you. He says, I heard your voice. I heard your voice. I'm coming right there. He says, watch this, watch this, watch this. He says, God, you inhabit our praises. You live in our praises. You occupy our praises. You are enthroned in our praises. Your rulership is established where we praise, when we praise. And that's why Psalm 95 verse 2 says, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Look at this next one. Uh, Psalm 100 verse 2, it says, serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with what? Singing. No, I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere all the time. God is in me. God is in you. I get that. When you save, guess what? The Holy Spirit comes in and He is yours. But there's a difference between the omnipresence of God and even the presence of God in your heart. And when you sense the presence of God in a location that you're at. Jesus uh, and this woman was having this discussion I didn't write this scripture down, but just just flow with me. So Jesus is speaking to this woman. And you know, at the well, and she's a Samaritan. And she says, hey, uh, I perceive you're a prophet. I perceive all this. Look, our fathers worship on this mountain. And you Jews said that we need to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. Which one is it? And Jesus says, the hour is coming. And even now is. Where they that worship Him shall worship Him in spirit and in truth. Here's what Jesus was saying. God isn't limited to a location of worship. He is, what He is doing is saying, where is worship taking place? Because that's where I'm going to go. Who's worshiping me? Because that's where I'm going to show up. Who is exalting me? Because that, I'm going to create the environment of my presence there. So worship is the environment that God dwells in. God's presence is is the environment that we need to operate in. So when we praise, His presence shows up. And when His presence shows up, we get blessed. That's why the old saints say, when praises go up, 
What are they talking about? They're saying, when I praise God, His presence shows up. And when His presence shows up, joy shows up. Peace shows up. Prosperity shows up. Healing shows up. When I bless Him and His presence shows up, everything I need shows up with Him at that moment. I can't live without Him. And so if I want Him, I need to bless Him. And when I bless Him, He says, I'm there. Listen, too many people want to feel something before they worship. I was talking to a guy, man. He always comes in church and stands up like this. So one day I said to him, hey, why do you stand up like this? He says, I just don't feel it the way my wife feels it. I said, man, if you would start doing it, you might feel it. You don't need to feel God's presence to worship Him. You need to worship Him to feel His presence. Sometimes we focus on the style of the music. Man, they're just not playing my kind of music. They're not playing my kind of music. The worship is not for your entertainment. The worship is for His presence. The whole point of the worship is that if we are worshiping up here and His presence don't show up, we have wasted our time. The whole purpose of worship is presence. Man, I've gone to some churches. Is this on? Man, can you turn this on? Man, I've gone to some churches sometime, man. And the singer stands up and they say, um, don't, don't listen to my voice. Listen to the words. How many of you know it's going to be bad when somebody starts like that? I love you, Lord. Come on, give me a keyboard here. Give me a keyboard. And, the, and this is the keyboard player, right? The keyboard player. Oh, I need to turn something up here. Oh, and this is the keyboard player. I love you, Lord. Oh, I should hold it. Am I, how many of you have been there before? Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Watch this. But when they start, and the people start, and they start lifting their hands, and they start, I mean, I don't care how bad the music sounds, the presence of the Lord hits that place in a way where people start walking around saying, oh man, God just spoke to me. Somebody said, oh my God, just heal my body. You know, listen, it don't care. I don't care what song they were singing. I don't care how good the musicians were. I don't care if it was my style of music. Here's what happened. The presence showed up. And when the presence showed up, I felt alive. There was something that was different when His presence showed. It's as if I could breathe again. And sometimes we're waiting until the right song and the right singer and the right this. It ain't about them. It's about His presence. Hmm. You know, David said it this way. He said, Psalm 27 verse 4. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord... That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He says, the one thing I desire above everything else that I have, the one thing I desire is that I may dwell in His presence. His presence. It means more to me than life itself. Your presence every day, every moment. I want your presence because I was created to live in your presence. Without your presence, without that environment, I'm not fully me. I'm not fully who I'm meant to be. I can't be all I was created to be. If I don't have your presence, I'm just living on earth. I'm just living with dirt. I'm just living with oxygen. I don't need that as much as I need your presence. There, I am spirit first, not body. I need your presence. Listen. His presence has the power to change you. His presence has the power to change you. His presence has the power to change you. Watch this. Uh, This is Habakkuk. I love Habakkuk because, you know, it's one of those books, if you ever look in the Bible for Habakkuk, you might have to blow on it so the dust can come off, right? Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, though things are going bad, though my paycheck was short this month, Though I got a bad doctor's report. Though my children are acting the fool. Oh yeah, we can identify with that, amen. Though all of that is happening, watch this. Habakkuk says, but there is an environment that I need when everything in my natural environment is going wrong. When everything on earth, on this planet, when everything around me isn't supporting me and doesn't look good and I don't feel like I can really do well right here. When things look like it's against me, there's another environment I was created to live in. One that makes me who I really am. So he says, here's what I will do when things go like that. Yet I will rejoice. Yet I will praise Him. Yet I will worship Him. Yet I will give Him thanks. Yet I will testify of Him. Yet I will pray. Yet I will lift my hands. Yet I will lift my voice. Yet I will do it. Why? 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 Why would you do that? Because it puts me in a complete different environment than the one I'm seeing right now. Because when that happens, God becomes my strength. He makes my feet like Heinz feet. He causes me to be above my problems because I realize at that moment, I do not live in this world. I'm a part of a different place. I am a citizen of heaven. My spirit is who I am, not my body. I love the message version of this. Can you turn to the message version? Uh, James, put, put the message version of this, this. I don't even have it in my notes. But this is so powerful. I'm going to come down here and read it with you. The message version. It is, it's powerful because it, it, uh, it doesn't speak about figs. It speaks about strawberries. Hey, 
That's the message for you, right? Alright, here we go. It says, though the cherry trees don't blossom, and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are worm-eaten, and the wheat feels stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless, and the cattle barns empty. Watch this, watch this. I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Hold on, hold on, watch this out. Counting on God's rule to prevail. (laughs) I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm a king on the mountain. It may not be going well with me in the natural, but I feel like a king. It may not be going well in the physical, but I feel like a king. Why? Because I spent some time in worship. And the environment changed. The atmosphere totally transformed. Those things didn't dictate to me who I was anymore. There was a different environment that dictated who I am. And that environment says, you are a king. You are a priest. You are above and not beneath. You are head and not the tail. That environment said, listen, don't let any of these things move you. That's the environment I need to live in. Because if I live in this world, I'm going to be depressed. But if I keep my eyes on Jesus, if I get in His presence, come on now. We're not here to live here. We've got to live in His presence. My God, sit down, sit down, sit down. Last point, last point. Oh my gosh. Here we go, here we go. Look, His presence has the the, the power not only to change me. His presence has the power to change my circumstances. Listen, I don't want you to think that the fig tree will always be without and the strawberries will always be rotten. Listen, God has the power. His presence has the power to change our circumstances. Jehoshaphat bowed his head. This is what Second Chronicles chapter 20 said. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Someone say, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites and the children of Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. Woo! And you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, watch this, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army. The singers went out before the army. The musicians went out before the army. Those who were lifting praise went out before the army. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And they went out before the army and they were saying, simple song, simple song. They said, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. 
Now when they began to sing and to praise, God showed up. When they began to sing and to praise, God showed up and set ambushes against the people of Ammon, against the people of Moab, against the people of Mount Seir, who had come against Judah and they were if you're facing an impossible situation, God says, just bring my presence into it. If you're going through something you can't figure out, God said, just bring my presence into it. My presence is the environment that you need to overcome your obstacles. My presence is the environment you need to overcome your obstacles. God says, I'm seeking some worshipers who want my presence in their home. Who want my presence in their job. Who want my presence in their relationships. Who want my presence in their finances. Who want my presence. I'm seeking some people who are not going to say, when I get to church I'll worship. They'll say, right here, right now, I'm lifting my hands. Right here. Right now, I'm going to bless your name. Right here, right now, I'm going to worship you. Right here, right now. So what are you waiting for? You need to praise God in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your challenges. God says, praise me. Praise Him because you believe in Him. Praise Him because you want to please Him. Praise Him because you want to honor Him. Praise Him because you know you can't do it apart from Him. Praise Him because you need Him every hour of every day, of every moment. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Come on, bless Him right now. Bless Him right now. Let all the other names fade away Let all the other names fade away Still there's only you Let all the other names fade away Jesus, take your place Jesus, take your place Let all the other names fade away, come on Let all
take your place. Take your place, Jesus. Take your place. We only want you. We only want you. We only want you. We only want you. Right now, we only want you. Every day of our lives, we only want you. Every moment of our day, we only want you. Every minute, every second of the day, it's where we find joy. if you can sing it doesn't matter if everything is perfect it doesn't matter none of that matters your spirit needs his presence and when you leave here today your spirit needs his presence and when you wake up tomorrow to go to work your spirit needs his presence And when you're driving on your way to work, your spirit needs His presence. And when you're going through the day, your spirit needs His presence. Before you make that phone call, your spirit needs His presence. Before you answer that email, your spirit needs His presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Worship is not a time. Worship is an invitation for His presence. Don't let it stop here. It's about the presence. Every time, it's about the presence. He said, Well, Pastor, I can't sing. Speak. God, you're worthy. God, I bless you. God, I love you. God, I honor you. God, I need you right now. Father, I know you don't need anything from me, but boy, I need everything from you right now. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. God, I'm submitted to you, God. Jesus, show up, show up, show up in my life. I need you, Lord. I need you. Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said, that's the kind of praise I'm talking about. Hallelujah.
Don't let it end here. Take it with you every moment of every day. It's not about the song. It's about the presence. It's not about the time. It's about the presence. It's not about where you are. It's about the presence. If you can figure out that the purpose of worship is His presence, then you'll do it every time, everywhere, any moment. You'll do it again and again and again. If you're here this morning, I know we're all standing, but keep standing. We're about to close.